I want to kind of start today's message with Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. There were, there were children who, of Israel who were in captivity in Egypt. Uh, what started out 400 years earlier as a promise over time had gone into a place where now the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And they would cry out, God, send help, send some rescue, send some hope. And uh, God heard those prayers, and he, he sent Moses, an Israelite who had one time tried to walk with God, but things didn't turn out like he thought they should. Uh, and so for 40 years, he wandered around the desert. But you know, it's like I always have a little saying, this is, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit's what comes in a believer uh, when they receive Christ as their Savior. It's the same thing, by the way, so if you don't know. And what's the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost is what's going to haunt you until you come back to the Lord. And so, you know, we may walk away from God, but God will never walk away from us, and He'll be constantly there if you'll just turn to Him. And again, at the end of the service, we'll provide an opportunity if you'd like to come into that relationship. But the children of Israel had been crying out to God to send help. And so God called Moses, a young man he had prepared. And for 40 years, he had walked around that desert. And then one day, God called him up onto the mountain. And Moses had an encounter with the Lord. And he was willing at that time of his life to say, God, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. When Moses encountered God, God told him immediately his mission. He says, Moses, the cry of the children of Israel has risen, and I've heard their cry, and I'm going to send help, and I'm going to send you. So when Moses says, okay, God, I will do that, but Lord, when they say and they ask me who is sending me, what do I say? And so Exodus 31, 14 says this, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said thus, you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent me to you. So today I want to tell you that I don't know what your situation is, how difficult a problem you have, that if you'll turn to the Lord, God will hear you. And God will say to you, I am the God that's able to meet your need. I am the God that can help you right where you are. I am the God that uh, can go beyond what, what ever anybody else understands and minister specifically. I can provide for you. I am the God that will protect you. I am the God that will keep you and give you the strength to endure this time. So God says, I am all that you need. Now, <clears throat> we specifically today want to address mothers and uh, but. It's not just mothers, but it's, I believe, probably one of the greatest things that mothers are called to do. It says that children are a gift from God, an inheritance. But when God gives you a child, it says uh, that we're to pray for them and that they're just gifts and we're supposed to be their stewards. And so one of the greatest gifts that mother has for her children is what God speaks to you about your child, what God gives you faith for. Um, and we have lots of stories that I remember hearing. In Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. <clears throat> the word 
uh, the way is literally, it's a word called giftedness. And when you have children, one of the things you're going to realize is, is children are each different. And one of the things as parents that God gives us children that we're supposed to identify what is their destiny, what is their call, what is that God has for that particular child. And so God wants us to be able to find out the way. So I always tell parents, child rearing is not fair. You have to raise each child differently. You try to be as fair as possible. But for one child, it's going to take extra effort. For one child, in order to correct them or train them, all you have to do is look at them. For another child, you have to go the extra mile and give them extra attention. And so as much as possible, God's given us wisdom. But one of the things God says is, if you'll train up a child in the way he should go, put them in a right relationship with God, help them to discover their destiny, help them to believe in themselves more than they could for themselves. Well, that's one of the things that God gives us as parents, as mothers, as fathers to do with our children. There's a little acronym called PUSH, pray until something happens. You know, when, <clears throat> when Mary and Joseph knew that God had given them a son, sovereign uh, God spoke to them all about his future and his destiny. And then the thing is, is that it said Mary pondered those things in her heart. There are things that God's going to speak to you about your family, about your children, about your future. But some of them are not going to happen until you pray them into existence. I remember, again, my children are pretty well grown now. And there were things even before they were born that God spoke to me concerning their futures. And one thing I have found is after, here I am 45 years old, or 45, I'm 62, but I've seen the things that God spoke to me concerning my children. Many of those things have come to pass, and I've prayed over them and prayed over them. And so push, pray until something happens. I believe that we're in a season when some of you are in some difficult situations, some things that God spoke to you about your future, about your finances, about your spouse, about your children, and some of us are going to just need to pray until something happens and we see it become reality. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, there's a, an admonition specifically to, to fathers, but it's to, to parents, to mothers and dads. And it says this, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, And now this commandment, and these are the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach you, that you observe them in the land which you're crossing over to possess. God says that we are supposed to continue to believe God uh, <clears throat> so that we may fear the Lord your God to keep all of his statutes and his commandments which I command you. You and your sons and your grandsons all the days of your life and your days will be prolonged. God tells us that we're to obey his commands, we're to walk in them, but the admonition that God gives to moms and dads, to parents and to grandparents is we're to disciple, we're to parent, we're to shepherd our children and raise them up in the things of the Lord. Now, <clears throat> here at Grace, we have a wonderful, uh, our children's director, I'm going to ask Amanda Kanothi, our children's director here at Grace Church, uh, to come up and be a part of our service. And uh, 
Many of you guys, hey, Amanda, thank you. Oops, sorry. Elbows, elbows, oh man. All right, please forgive us. <laughs> so, uh, Amanda's a, a great children's director, but Amanda uh, also has three children of her own. And I'm going to ask before we get started too far into this uh, for Amanda just to share a little bit about who she is and where she is and why she's here at Grace. Absolutely. Uh, so my name is Amanda Kenothi, like uh, Pastor Randy said, and I do have three kids of my own. I've got a 13, a 10, and an 8-year-old. Um, I'm also a military spouse, um, so I can identify with a lot of you here at Grace who have a loved one in the military. Um, but I'm also the children's director here, so that means I get to, on a typical Sunday, hang out with babies all the way up to fifth grade and their families as well. So Okay. Um... Amanda, what are some of the things that, uh, again, everybody's over the last couple months are having to stay at home, and uh, you're having to live out your faith in front of your children. So uh, give me an example of how you have had God use you uh, to minister to your children. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm in that same boat as many of you are who are watching today, Um, being a mother and uh, being a a teacher and having those really good days. um, But I'm a lot like you too. I'm having those bad days as well where some things are really a struggle. And so I just want to encourage you that your, your kiddos can learn from you on those really good days, but they're also watching on those bad days of, of how you react and how you um, handle situations, disappointments, or frustrations. Um, so, you know, one of the things as a, as a parent that we try to do is we really just try to incorporate our kids um, into what we're doing in a, a daily life of, you know, Jesus is not just a, a Sunday thing, but it's an everyday, it's a lifestyle. Um, and so at our house, we... Um, we bring them into everything. Um, we, you know, prayer before bed and, and meal times. Um, we have devotionals that we do together, and so we really just try to incorporate it into our daily lives. Not make it a separate thing, but Jesus is with us in everything that we do. Okay. Now, Amanda, I know that not everybody's. Now, you've been, you grew up in a Christian home, yeah. and you've known the Lord for many years. But not everybody grew up in a Christian home, and so. We know here at Grace that a lot of people are kind of just starting out that journey of faith. And uh, so, Amanda, from your perspective, how can you help somebody who's new to Jesus how to do this thing called uh, discipleship at home, church at home, uh, life at home? How can you uh, help a new believer uh, begin that journey? Well, the first thing I want to tell you is You don't have to have all the answers. Uh, Pastor Randy and I will probably sit up here and tell you, like, we don't have all the answers either. Um, I can read scripture that, like Pastor Randy said, I may have read a couple times, and then I'll read it again, and God will show something new to me. So I'm still learning, and God is still revealing things about himself to me. So the first thing I want to tell you is you don't have all the answers. You don't have to have them all. So where to start? You know, I would say start with what you do know. You know, do you have a favorite Bible verse? Uh, Do you have a favorite Bible story? Um, You can literally start in the beginning at Genesis 1-1. You can even start in Proverbs. I don't know if you know this, but there is a proverb for every day of the month. So you could read a proverb a day with your kids. You know, another thing I would encourage you with is there's some really great children's Bibles. The Jesus Storybook Bible is great. The Action Bible is great. So I would encourage you to learn with your kids. Read these stories with them um, and just pray with them. Do it together. Good, good. Um, <clears throat> now, you're, you're talking about 
praying with your children, but especially if you're a new believer, uh, that's a little bit difficult. So um, again, discipleship is literally mothering or fathering, and it's helping your children uh, learn how to pray. So how do you pray with your children? How, do you, how, how are you training your children how to pray? So prayer, if you just break it down, it's, it's a conversation between you and God. You know, with like any conversation, there's times where uh, you're talking and then there's times where you're listening. And so I would say if, if you've never prayed with your kids before, start simple. Pray at, like I've said, mealtime or at, at bedtime. You know, there are some um, prayers that you can recite that you may have heard before that you can start with. Um, another place you can start is uh, God gave us an example he gave us the Lord's Prayer. Um, you can pray with that. But just teach your kids that you can pray anytime, you can pray anywhere, and that you're just talking to God. You're, you're praising Him for the great things that He's done. You're asking Him to forgive you for the things that you've done wrong, those sins in your life. And then you're presenting your request before Him. You know, and just tell your kids you can pray for family members, friends, um, leaders. There's just all kinds of things that you can pray into. But I would say just start. Don't try to do it all at once, but just start with something simple. Start maybe before bedtime and start with bedtime prayers and then kind of build from there. Good. I have a little saying, um, when you pray, pray. When you preach, preach, but don't preach when you pray. Now, parents, what does that mean? A lot of times we want to correct our children. Uh, We want them to learn things. And so the time to teach them is not while you're praying. Because when you need to talk to them, talk to them. Uh, But when you're praying, pray to God. And one of the things we want you to do is is not just model prayer. That is part of it. uh, Because our children are going to do what they see. The best thing that you can do is begin to model prayer by letting your children see that you pray. Spending time every day. Uh, make it a habit uh, to have a set-aside time that your children know that this is my time with God, and you're modeling and displaying that prayer. So I encourage you to model it, to live it out, uh, to practice it. But again, praying is when we talk to a living God who answers prayer. And one of the great things that uh, will really instill a belief in God in your children is when you come to God and you ask for prayer and you ask them to be in prayer and they see God answer their prayers. They see when you pray together as a family, but they also see that when they pray, God begins to answer their specific prayers and God becomes so real uh, so, Amanda, as a, a believer in Jesus, you and your husband are, are both followers of Christ. You're raising your children in the things of the Lord. So, give me some examples of how do you live out the Christian family at home, especially as we're all right now confined to home. How do you deal with your children? How do you deal with difficult situations? How are you modeling your faith, your prayer uh, at home? Yeah, and I would love to just kind of add something on to that prayer Um, And my, like I said, I've got a 13, a 10, and an 8-year-old. And my 10-year-old said something the other day, and he said it so beautifully, that God answers prayers, but sometimes that answer is a no. And that he's okay with that no, because he knows God knows what's best for him. And so I would just encourage you, maybe you're praying into something right now, and I just sense that maybe the answer is no, that, that that is an answer, but 
just know that God has something better for you um, and that he loves you and that there's a reason for that no. Um, and so kind of going on to your question about how we, you know, do things at, at home. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like I've said, we've had really good days where I feel like we accomplish so many things and we're just on fire. Um, and then we have days where our emotions get the best of us. Um, and so in those days, I, I, I sometimes have to go to my family and say, man, I'm sorry. Like, I, I messed up. I, I am sorry for how I behaved. Will you forgive me? Um, because I want to show them how to, if they misbehave, what they should do, how they should go to that person. Um, you know, sometimes uh, siblings can just, uh, they love each other one moment, and the next moment they're, they're fighting. Um, and so we have to, you know, some of our rules at our house is to be kind. And when they're not kind to one another, there's consequences for their behavior. Um, you know, I just want to in- encourage you, kind of talk even about discipline during this time too, is, you know, I think sometimes discipline has such a negative connotation to it, but I don't think that's how God ever intended it to be. You know, it says in the Bible that the Lord disciplines those he loves. Like, God disciplines me when I misbehave because he loves me. And it's in the same way that I discipline my kids. It's because I love them. I want what's best for them. I want to, you know, show them that, hey, this life choice or this thing that you said is not going to produce fruit. Um, So we've got to stop that. Um, so I think the biggest thing right now with, with the teaching at, at home is, like I said, you're teaching on those good days and on those bad days as, as well, and letting them know that, you know, I make mistakes too, and I'm not, I'm not perfect, and when I do make those mistakes, what do I do about it? Or, you know, when, when someone um, makes a mistake towards me or someone's unkind to me, how do I respond to that? Um, you know, the Lord says to us that we're supposed to be kind and we're supposed to love And so in those moments, I try to show my kids that, hey, I know that person was unkind to you or this person was unkind to me. Let's pray for them because that's what God would want us to do. Can you give me some specific examples of boundaries? Now, you have three different children. Mm. um, And so how do boundaries work when you have children different ages? Because you have them young, uh, real young, and then some that are into teenage years. Um, So how does that work, setting boundaries and and how does that all work for you guys? Oh, so for our house, um, we have the same um, expectations, and we teach the same biblical teachings for everybody. But like you said, they're very different ages, having a 13 all the way down to 8. And so sometimes those consequences uh, look a little bit different based off of their age. And especially, too, as, you know, as you're getting older and as kids are getting older, you know, if it's a mistake that— Maybe my older kids have made once or twice or three times. You know, sometimes the consequence has to get a little bit more each time um, as we go. But it's so important, I feel like, in those moments to explain to your kids, you know, why they have this consequence. You know, I, I love you. Like, I, I love my kids so much. And, and, you know, sometimes in those moments when they get that consequence, you know, they're not happy. It even says in the Bible in Hebrews, you know, that no discipline is pleasant at the time. Nobody likes to be disciplined. But I would just encourage you um, to stay consistent, to keep it up, and to also, you know, after you discipline, to come together and pray together. Um, you know, your kids may be still be a little upset at the moment. And so sometimes even my kids are upset. I'm saying, you don't have to say anything to me. Let me just pray for you right now. Um, and so that's how I would encourage parents in those times. That's really great. You know, again, I had four children. Again, most of mine are adults now. Um, and 
to, to a high degree, I've seen my children walk with the Lord, even as adults, and now starting to raise their own families. One of the things I found is if you can define your expectations up front before you're into the middle of a crisis, so you take each one of your children, again, raising up your children in the way of the Lord, each one of them are different. And so one of the things I found is, is especially if you're spending time at home every day, uh, if you can talk about expectations in a loving way, uh, and what are the consequences if you don't meet those expectations? And again, our children should hear more, I love you, go for it, I believe in you, than they do just consequences. We have to keep that in balance, or we'll just, says, don't fathers, don't exasperate your children, because sometimes we can just tend to focus just on the negative side of our children's behavior. Let's reward the good, but also define our expectations. Let's uh, and again, when there is discipline, they already know the consequence of it. So it's not done in anger. It's done in love. And they know that when you discipline them, you're doing it because you love them, because you care about them. And again, children want to know uh, that they're loved and that uh, they are valued. And, and so one of the things we're doing is we're teaching our children to guard their hearts and to have a, a, a clean conscience and by teaching them what's right, that they're loved, and that we can forgive them, God can forgive them, and that they need to be able to forgive themselves. So each time there is uh, when your children have crossed the boundary, when there's an infraction that you, you discipline, whatever that is to you. Again, there's a lot of biblical guidelines. But when you discipline a child, then after then, sit down and talk with them, pray with them, ask they, they would ask God to forgive them. That you, they would ask you to forgive them. And then they would walk away and you would say, I love you. Uh, and they walk away feeling that discipline isn't a harsh thing. Discipline's something that is for my good. And uh, I'll tell you a story. One time I had to raise my children. We had very clear expectations and standards. Uh, one of my oldest daughters, um, one time <clears throat> she went to some children's house and uh, she came back. Uh, they were actually her babysitters, uh, and they went. She went to her house, and she said, "Daddy, those kids, those children's parents must not love them." I says, "Well, why is that, sweetie?" And she says, "Because they never discipline them. They don't spank them. They don't correct them. They let them do whatever they want, and it's terrible." And so my daughter's connotation is this: My daughter said, "Dad, I know that you guys love me because you discipline me and are." Our home is a safe place. It's a good place. It's a dependable place. So I encourage you as parents to define your boundaries, put uh, clear expectations, and let our children know that we love them above all. So praise God. Now, Amanda, <clears throat> how is it that um, you can get involved in your children's lives? Um, how can you be involved in discipling them, mentoring them, so that they feel it's mom and dad's not something far off, but close up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, one of, the, one of the things, like I've said, you know, you might be the same where your kids are all over and, and different ages, teenagers all the way to elementary, maybe preschool, uh, maybe you've got college age kids. So like how to, how to get involved. And so the, the first thing, you know, it's always great if you have a commonality, if you have something in common um, with that child, you know, but another way too is um, interest. And so 
You know, I always think about a story. My son, when he was three, loved monster trucks. I didn't know anything about monster trucks. I wasn't familiar with them, but he loved them. He loved them so much, played with them for hours. And so because he loved them so much, I wanted to take an interest in that. I wanted to show him at an early age that I was interested in the things that he was interested in. So I learned everything about Gravedigger and all the different drivers that drove Gravedigger. I took him to Monster Jam. Um, you know, now he's a teenager and I and I'm still interested in those things that he's interested in. And because I feel like we have built that bond, and I would encourage you guys, no matter where you're at, if you don't have that bond right now, you can start today. There's never a, too late to start. You can start today and, and find out what interests your kids and start that conversation and build that bond. And when you build the bond, then it's when you can start talking about other things as well. You know, he comes to me with, with schoolwork, uh, but he also comes to me when he's got some really tough questions that he's, he's struggling with. And I think it's so important for parents that, you know, we welcome questions in our house. Um, it's okay if you have questions about Christianity. You have, it's okay. So I want to have, like Pastor Randy said, that safe place where he can come and we can go into God's Word together and find those answers uh, together. And so that's what I would encourage you. I'd also encourage you, too, to have really, if you're trying to build that bond and that relationship, um, specific questions. I know a lot of times with teenagers, it's, how was your day? Fine. How was school? Fine. Um, you know, hey, what are you learning today in math? Um, hey, ask about their friends. You know, get involved, you know, with their friends. Invite those friends over to your house for dinner. Or, you know, maybe you're going on a bike ride or to the park. But get to know, you know, their friends as well. So that's what I would just really encourage you um, is to just get involved in their lives. Get involved with the things that interest them, maybe the things that you have in common. Um, and that's just a really great way where you can even just share, you know, Christ. The biggest way I feel that my kids personally see Jesus in me, and if they were here, they could, they could speak for themselves, but it's how I live my life. It's, it's sometimes the things that I, I don't say. It's the things that I, I do. Um, because in James 1.22, it says, you know, be doers of the word. And so that's just something on my life at a very young age that I, I try so is that I may not shout it from the mountaintops that, hey, I'm a Christian and I love Jesus, uh, but I hope those people in my lives, those that are my friends, my family can see that in me by, by how I live my life and, and the actions and the things that I do. Good. Amen.